This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Um, I'm feeling fine. I'm glad to be back in my chair. I know. <laughs> uh, there are those who have warmed it for yes, me. Yes, Marianne did a nice job last okay. week for you. Yes, All she right, did. That's good. Mm-hmm. But here I am, back from Dallas, Texas. And uh, it was very interesting to be there, I have to say. The only thing I didn't like about it was I got off an airplane on a terminal, walked into the airport, walked through the airport to the hotel, and never left anywhere else. Wow. I never left the hotel or the airport, so I never really saw Dallas. Okay. But there wasn't Were any time. Were you looking time. for JR or something? Yeah, I was. I was thinking okay. maybe I could go to J. the R. ranch. JR Hewing, see Miss Alley? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> But What's I, it called? F- South Fork. Yes. There you go. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm really sorry that I didn't see any of it because it's quite spectacular from the air. It was amazing to see it all. But did you get any cowboy boots? No, but it was really funny to me. I forgot that I was in Texas. You know, when I got off the plane because you could be anywhere. You know what, Lynn? I don't plane. know how you could forget that. Why? Because all my exes live in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Okay. You forget you're in Texas. Are you going to break into song now? No, we can I'm sing not. The thing? No, All right. no, no, no. Well, in any event, there were people that was. It was very funny that they got on the plane with the ten gallon hat yeah. thing and the cowboy boots. Uh-huh. And when we got to Charlotte, where we had to make the connection. Somehow the hats came off, the boots came off, and they put on these, you know, winter hats and things like that. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why do you have to do that? There's nothing wrong with the hat you had on. Well, probably to carry it on, maybe. I don't know. It Instead was of weird. lugging it, they didn't want it squished or. It was maybe they, I don't know. But I don't there know were what a couple of the boys who were really into it, you know. Uh-huh. And I did thought, anyone mm-hmm. have dusters on too? No. Uh, okay. None of Thank those. God. Yeah, thank God. But it was a, it was a very uh, the thing I loved the most about it was when I went to the restaurant in the hotel, which was really a five star restaurant. It was at a, a Hyatt, so it uh-huh. was pretty good. I ordered a steak because everybody said to me, "You have to taste in the steaks Texas, here." Yeah. I I loved it. Risky. It was just mm-hmm. oh, was it good? Well, it goes to it's just goes you know hand in hand yes it does so that's good so the The experience was was good then it was very very nice i really liked it i had a good time i learned a lot and so it was worth the effort to go good Mm -hmm. so here we are Uh well you were you were greatly missed last week oh that's good to hear Uh so you had marianne and i had marianne and someone Savikinas, else, and then we had um, Robin Medeiros from ERA right. One Source. That's what I thought. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good. Yes, um, it was. Um, it was a nice, a really nice time. We had a good, good show, and we had good time together, which we always do. Great. 
So, so what did you do in the course of the last week or so? Um, while I was flitting about. Um, no, I, I don't really, I didn't do too much. Um, I did, I was out Tuesday with a couple of my friends at Russell's for dinner, which was very nice, and we had a good time. And last night, um, which was Wednesday, you're listening to us on Saturday, but I was at Sterna's in the bar side for dinner with all of Meyer's seven of the guys and their wives, um, except for me, who was the um, fiance. Say, yeah. um, it, we all get together a couple times a year, and Christmas is one of them. So we were, the whole tribe was together last night at at uh, Sternus. So and Monday night I was out with Ann Cadnoran and my sister and my son Sean, who's who's back from D.C. And so it was a Sunday. You know, the weekend was spent decorating 1508. So it's been a poetry in motion with that you know <laughs> inside and outside and, well outside on sunday was a beautiful day for that mm-hmm. and then inside the last two uh, monday and tuesday i did that and so thank god it's all done well i've decided that i cannot decorate anything inside because of the cats because of the cats see that's the problem with cats the, oh it's a big problem they're nuts yeah and so even if you put a tree higher they jump up on it they jump up is right yeah, so that's terrible patrick has asked me aren't we going to put up a christmas tree this year i said i can put one up but it'll be it'll down in down. about 10 minutes. Uh, see, I wouldn't be able to stand that. <laughs> I have to have tree. I have trees. I can't. I have a tree in almost every room, including my oh, down, my bathroom upstairs. Oh, why? Now, not necessarily a real one. I do have five little real ones around and a, and a mid-sized one in my living room. But I... I do have trees, like antique. The one in my bathroom stairs is an, ant, an old antique with the mm-hmm. old metal bottom. and it, it, I have them everywhere because I just love Christmas trees. I love the lights. I don't care if there's anything on it. I just like the lights, and I have to have trees everywhere. It's well, I do. Sickness. I have had Christmas trees up when the cats are a little bit older because they don't care. One of the things they do like is whatever that rug is you put underneath the Christmas tree. They love to just knead that with their front paws and make it like a little blanket. And they sleep there under the tree. It's actually quite cute. cute. Yeah, that's cute. But these two wild men are just too young for that. I can't. I can't do it. But I've had the Christmas trees up with cats many, many years, and they're fine. But they have to get a little older and less wild. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do miss it because one of the things I love is that I used to have it on a timer so that at 5 o'clock the lights would turn on and at 11.30 or something the lights would turn off. But it was just nice to come home and see that in the darkness, to see the lights of the Christmas tree because it was really beautiful. So I miss that. But um, I have two of those monster ceramic trees as well. One of them, well, both of them were done by my mother, so... I'm afraid to put those anywhere because if they crash, they're done. And I don't want to do that. So uh, Christmas will be uh, a little less uh, lit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Come to my house. You'll get a lot of I think I will. Lot of I'll come over and see trees all the lovely and trees yes. and lights. And and outside it does. It looks very pretty. Good. You know, Lynn, are you familiar with Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena? No. Speech. Okay. I'm going to read it because then I'll explain something okay. a little bit more. It's the um, one of my favorite 
things, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Um, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while, while daring greatly so that his place shall never be those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. And I say that because, you know, we think about all these things. I, I love this, and, and there's a woman who I love by the name of Brene Brown who did some TED Talks, and she has a book called Daring Greatly. And mm -hmm. I listened to her, one of her speeches, talks the other day again about this because it's so easy through everything that we sit and we point and say this that or the other about people and people and as she says if you're in the arena with me and you want to point out something about me I'll listen and hopefully I can get some advice and take something away from it and you're and I'm able to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you I'll do it but if you're not in the arena I don't care what you have to say <laughs> and that is exactly how people who who need to, as I talked a little bit about this the other day, people who are anonymous, people mm -hmm. who write things or say things and can't put their face or their name behind it because they're too cowardly not to do it because they're afraid of the confrontation. It's so easy to spew negative stuff about people and what they what they think when they don't put a name to the to a to a letter or to anything they say they hide behind it which drives me crazy because you can say what you want but man up or woman up and i was just thinking about all these things through because of all the election stuff and everything that's been going on and that speech is so perfect because mm -hmm. if you don't like the quit living the anonymous life get out there and if you're going to say something then make sure you're able to have a someone bounce back with it because it's amazing what people do and you know all this stuff that you're reading on on they today they had facebook uh cheryl sandberg was on with with um savannah guthrie talking about what the top 10 things of are on Facebook and how they were saying that Facebook somehow um, neg um, false information about the election and all this stuff was out there and just how people say like they they do all this stuff behind the you know without their you knowing who these people are anonymously mm -hmm. and it's and the bullying and all the stuff that goes on so if you want to say something and you have the means to say it say it because now you know who you are you know how to get in touch with someone but when you don't and you want to say things about people's decisions or what they that you they don't like what you say then at least don't be a coward and say what you're let people know who you are so that at least there's some dialogue you can have with people and it's just everything seems to be coming together i don't know if it's just because it's the end of the year and you look back on all these things but everywhere you turn that's what you're hearing so this this passage this speech by uh 
theater Roosevelt I think is wonderful and that speaks volumes to how Where did I you think find about. that well I just I knew about it. I knew it from her oh, from okay. her book and that's why she has that she said that she read that speech and it changed her life profoundly mm-hmm. because of what it said mm-hmm. like if you're in the arena that's okay but if you're there and she also said which I love when you're in the arena and you're doing your thing because this is what you've chosen to do in life you have to reserve four seats for certain people one's the critic one's your yourself one's this one because there's always going to be those naysayers those people out there throwing stuff at you and again that's why people don't enter the world of politics women especially Mm -hmm. they don't want the negative stuff and with social media and the way people can interact these days and Anonymously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Brene Brown was saying that her her manager and her husband said, don't read the comments. <laughs> she goes, so what did I do? I read the comments. <laughs> and she said, it, it, you know, and she said, and most of them were not about the, the substance of my work. They were like, did you ever think of, did you ever try Botox? Did you ever do, like personal hurtful yes. things yes. that people say. So I just think we have to realize you know what it is and if you are going to say it then people if, if, let people know mm-hmm. who you are mm-hmm. so that you can have a conversation or instead of doing an i hate anonymous you know we've had this conversation before anyway it drives yeah, and me i crazy. also i think that um the more we make available um the airwaves so to speak to people who would otherwise not um confront you face to face about things the easier it is for the venom to right, come out. Right, to spew, I know. And I think of that uh, Talk Back 16, I think it is, that sure. oh, all the other God. stations have it. But um, this is people call into this line. Yeah. And, um, and, they, the and they, they are say. anonymous. Yeah, I know Always it's anonymous. anonymous. Yeah. And they say things that are just so venomous and so, they're so below the belt. It's just, I don't understand why then the people who do this... Because Bring they it want back you, on air. Because they want you to see. They're giving you this forum to talk about, mm. and they want you to see the people who actually take the time to call that station and say the stuff they say. It's amazing. It is amazing. Because they would not do it if you had to do it face-to-face. But what happened to the civility? That is something Well, that it's been I, lost daily. I don't understand that. And I mean, people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear you reporting information. They don't want you. They they want to believe what they believe. They want you to believe just like them. And I don't care what anybody believes if it's different than me. I have a right to believe what I want, and you can believe what you want. It's just right. that I believe my stuff, and I think that that's part of the the bigger problem. It's just this end of the year stuff. It seems like it's all coming together. But anyway, we're going to take a very fast break. You're listening this morning to the Laurie and Lynn Show, and we will be right back. Here's Lori and Lynn. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn Show. Welcome back. I'm Laurie Cadden. I'm the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And my name is Lynn Evans. I am the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women, available on Amazon.com. And so I understand there's some really wonderful 
event that went on a couple of weeks ago in my absence having to do with the Friendship House. Mm-hmm. Well, so why don't you tell us about what that was? Because it's really pretty wonderful. Well, you know, it was oh, it was a wonderful thing. We had a joint board meeting with Friendship House and Advocacy Alliance on the 29th of November at Friendship House. And uh, after it was over, we had a little reception get together of both boards because um, several years ago, three years ago to be exact, Friendship House and advocacy became they merged forming a holding company um a human service alliance and um working together to help friendship house to do all of the things we needed and to work collaboratively and it's been it's been done beautifully and done well under the direction of course of um Alex Azori, who's a wonderful guy, and he has been the president and CEO of Advocacy. He's now under both, and it is just beautifully done, and we are very proud of this. Well, be- when all this stuff happened years before, uh, I was chairman of the board through all of this, and along with the wonderful executive committee, w- this whole thing happened, and the paperwork was signed, and the um, the marriage, so to speak, happened, and uh, we could not be more thrilled with where it is today. So my good friend, uh, Judge Tom Blewett, um, I guess behind my back, orchestrated this little honor for me. Um, afterwards, which is in the um, Northeast Regional Autism Center, the where you walk into the main area, the reception area, there is a wonderful area called the atrium, which is where they have the kids play. It, it's a, pl- a play, is like more of a, a respite for the kids to, through their their teaching and and their learning. They go in, they play, and they it just way of expressing themselves. It's, it's wide and open, and it's lovely. It's very colorful. And so they um, dedicated that room in my to me in my name, um, very because nice. of the um, work that we all, as a team, did um, bringing that together. And of course, it was very, very. I mean. People said, did you know? I said, now, how in the hell would I ever know something? Like, why would I ever even think that? I just did my job, mm-hmm. put myself in the arena, mm-hmm. and did what you needed to do to mm-hmm. get it done. And um, along with the help of so many talented and wonderful friends um, and board members that just did a great job. As a chairman of that board, you have your executive committee, and then you pick two three people to become part of the finance committee and it becomes the executive finance committee and they do a lot of work and uh, the, it was just unbelievable so it was Al Durunda and J.P. Sweeney and Micheline Pagnotti and Susan Cognetti and Tom Judge Tom Blewett and John Carney and Rich Beasley and that was the group of eight of us who um did a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff, and and made sure things happened along with the rest of the board of directors on both the advocacy and the friendship house. And it's it, it's just it's it's the friendship house is older than the county of Lackawanna itself. It so is? To, yes. So to see this thing teetering on not being around mm-hmm. was and I was that old line that's not happening on my watch like mm-hmm. I will we will do together we will get do this and we did right by them and the advocacy alliance board and it is 
it's I can't even tell you the peace and the joy that we all get from where we are today and where we've come from many years mm-hmm. um, before. And so anyway, it was a wonderful tribute. And I it was so funny because I I texted my boys. Yes. And Tommy, because um, the symbol for autism is a puzzle, mm-hmm. and so the the blue piece of puzzle that is underneath the atrium is where it has my name dedicated to, blah, blah, blah. And Tommy thought it was the actual puzzle piece that I was given. Oh. So when I texted him, he goes, cute. And I said, cute? So I didn't say anything. So next morning <laughs> he texts me, Mom, do you get to keep it? He thought that that... <laughs> He thought that was the piece. I said, Tommy, it's not, it's there, it hangs there. You know, that's what, but anyway, so it was an extreme, extreme honor. And I was very happy with that. I mean, not, never, you just do what you have to do and get it done. You don't think of those things, but Mm -hmm. I was my good friend, Tom and Al Durand and Alex. Really, it was, it was wonderful. But more importantly, Lynn, at this time of the year, just to see where they are Mm -hmm. and the employees and and serving the children and the families uh, with autism and and, and other social and um, um, issues and and just the things that they they emotional issues that they're able to help these children our most vulnerable children and we're able to help them and their families and it's not we the the people working there who are in the trenches day in and day out it's amazing the work they do is unbelievable and again when you're an organization older than the county here yeah. uh that's pretty pretty darn special so mm-hmm. uh, it was great it was great and hats off to the good work that friendship house does yes. in this community and for the foresight of um, the advocacy alliance for seeing that this was something that could work out and it did so and wasn't there another um honor that was with the lackawanna county historical society the plaque that was um, well that was we talked about that was for um yes we talked about that was um for governor scranton yes marianne talked about that it's right on the grounds of the historical society that's good so it's close to the estate Mm -hmm. their family estate so Mm -hmm. it was very very nice yeah that's good yeah so we had some good stuff that sounds like a very productive week. Yeah, lots going on the last couple. Yes. Hey, Hanukkah's late this year, you know. No, I didn't know. Yeah, what Hanukkah doesn't start till the till Christmas Eve, the twenty fourth, and runs through the first of January. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. I was wondering when that was. I don't understand how they do that stuff. But well, but to me, it's the same thing about how they figure out when Easter. It's Easter. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. But um, somehow. Well, there's a there is a method. I don't there know the is. whole form, the I whole, know. but I don't get it. Formula, but yes, we'll find out. Oh. We'll ask. Fine. Yes. Whatever. So, <laughs> what else? Well, I was thinking about given the time of the year, uh, there might be a couple things that people want to know from a financial perspective. Of what do you want to do before December thirty first? And these are not necessarily things that have to do with taxes, but uh, some other, maybe we'll call them softer issues. And one of them is that um, people often think at this time of the year about where they are financially, and maybe it's time for a raise, you know? Yeah. And um, how do you approach that? Because I know that's one of the things that women have a very difficult time doing, mostly because it means in when you distill it down to whatever it is, you think that your value to this particular company um, is deserving of 
more income. So you have to sell yourself to somebody, which is a hard thing for women to do. So one of the things that this author talks about, it's from my one of my favorite sites, learnvest.com, is um, before you, ha- you brave the conversation, be prepared to show how much you've already done in your role, and even more important, to express how much more you want to do. So many people go to their bosses or clients and want more before truly taking ownership of their work and understanding the overall company goals. Start with a discussion about the company's big picture objectives, particularly those for the new year, which you can get a jump on now. Specifically, ask where the company is headed and where your boss thinks you can best help. You might talk about what skills you can develop to better meet those company needs, and if you can attend professional development conferences, workshops, or retreats that would bolster those skills would also probably be a nice little vacation as well. But uh-huh. hmm. So doing so can help you gauge where your manager sees areas for improvement, plus you can get a better sense of his or her timeline on raises, promotions, and perks for 2017. Number two, another conversation you might want to have, which I've talked about many times, is talk savings and spending with your spouse. In an ideal world, you and your other half sit down to discuss your finances on a regular basis. In reality, you probably opt for dinner and and a Netflix binge instead of combing through credit card statements. That's okay. But it also means you'll have to work on this money talk amid the hectic holiday times. The end of the year is a great time to check in with each other about how you're tracking on big goals, such as retirement or saving for family vacation or down payments on a house. It's also a great time to look at how much money you both have left in your health care flexible spending account and then hatch a plan to spend it. Finally, you want to review and update the beneficiary info on any life insurance policies and investment accounts. To get your money conversation going, start by naming how much you've accomplished financially this year and really celebrate that. Another tactic is to begin your chat with what you see as the happy result of your savings and financial planning and then discuss where you have room for improvements. I say it's probably not likely that that's going to happen. Only because people don't want to talk about it. We still have this big taboo taboo about money. Until we get to a point where we resent something or we wish we had money to do this and that. We thought the other person was taking care of this and blah, blah, blah. It's It's a very ripe opportunity for fights. And it's the number two reason for divorce. So best folks to have, what I say, is to pick a day every year um, around something that isn't necessarily a fun thing. Like, don't use your anniversary as a reason to have a conversation about money, because that means then every anniversary from that point forward is going to be fraught with we have this horrible conversation coming up. Uh-huh. So choose some other day. Make it the 4th of July, something innocuous that doesn't have any personal meaning, and that's when you talk about money. All right, so number three is talk your goals with your financial advisor. Again, I don't think this is the right time of the year to do this. I think if you're working with a financial advisor where you have an annual review and it's an arbitrary time, it could be, you know, I don't know, 
March 12th. Pick whatever that is. Whenever that is, that's the time of the year when you really, really want to start talking about what you've done, where you have to tweak it a little bit, what changes have been made. And the last thing is to talk taxes with your CPA. That one I think is very important, but I think you probably should have had that conversation in November. And the reason I say that is traditionally, most people have conversations with their CPAs after the fact. So you make an appointment after January to go and visit with your CPA to get your taxes done. Well, at that point, it's over. You've already done what you've done. So what you want to do is start talking in November about where am I, what, where am I going to be at the end of the year if everything stays the same? Are, are there some things that I could do or should do that might make a difference before the end of the year? So that's a very important one. If you can, I would really recommend that you do that before the end of the year. There you go. And some wonderful tips by your own, Miss Lynn Evans. We're going to have some other good tips about custody issues coming up with our very own attorney, Barbara J. O'Hara, who's up next as our guest expert. So she'll be right here. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. We'll be right back. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And my name is Lynn Evans. I am the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women. Available on Amazon.com. Thank you. And we're here with our lovely, lovely guest expert, uh, the uh, the lovely attorney no one Barbara. Calls me lovely. See, I know she was saying <laughs> that you. on the way in. That's all right. The lovely Barbara J. O'Hara. I, uh, <laughs> I was trying to give pause in between. Oh, O'Hara. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, Barb, I have a down baby. I know. Barb you do. is a partner for the last. Well, she's been practicing family law for 35-plus years. She's a partner with Hughes, Nichols, and O'Hara in Dunmore. And she is here to talk a little bit. It's Christmas time, so we always have some good words of advice from a family <laughs> law attorney. Right, Barb? Yes, because, you know, first and foremost, make sure you have your custody schedule done. I mean, it's it's a couple weeks before Christmas. No, you can't easily get in front of a judge between now and the 23rd. So see what you can negotiate. Please work that out. There's nothing that will suck the joy out of the holiday more than fighting over where the kids go for the holiday. Uh So see what you can negotiate. Mm -hmm. If you need help of your attorney, contact your attorney as soon as possible there's you know don't call the 23rd because there's not much you can do the 23rd for where are the kids going to be the following day so number one get your your custody schedule in order i one year i sent out letters to all my clients in september saying get this worked out and it didn't help because uh-huh. people also thought 
oh, I thought it was all worked out, or I assumed it was worked out, and it's not. You know what? Send that text. Send the email and confirm everything. Because if you're going to have a problem, better to know about it on the 10th of December than the 23rd of December. And, Barb, you, now you've been a, a guest expert of ours, now a sponsor for the last, I don't know, three years, four years maybe. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this every year, and it's, it is like, you know, beating your head against the wall in the sense right. that people, it doesn't you're telling your clients in <laughs> September, it's now December. And I mean this, it does never hurts to reinforce this the sensitivity and the seriousness of getting this done. And yes. I think, and I'm going to give a little bit of credit to everybody out there in this sense. Do you feel, and but I know when it comes to your family, you should it should not take a backseat at all. But these times sneak up on us so quickly, don't they? Even with Thanksgiving being a little bit earlier yes than it usual. No. It's, like it's not like we don't know what the date is. No, because it, it's You're a stationary right. date. No excuse. It's not like Easter or, you know, Mm -hmm. the Jewish holidays (laughs) that might might change change from year to year. December 25th is a fixed date. Right. So so it's not that it necessarily is something that, oh, I didn't know it was coming up. No, you're true. I mean, yeah, you do know it's coming up. That's true. You know, because that's one where... Hey, the decorations are out. People are buying presents. Yes, you should get your, your house in order Do you see, from a custody perspective. Do you see parents ever saying, let's just keep them? Say the mom's in the original home. The mm-hmm. dad is out. I'm just using hypotheticals here. And do you ever see people say, we're going to spend, we're going to do, we're going to do everything at, at in the morning so we're together when the kids get up and see the gifts? Does I have a mi- very small minority that they'll invite the other parent over to the home, and, yeah. and do and the And do it Christmas. together. And that's wonderful if you it can is. do it. It is. There's a lot of people who can't do it because of that there's acrimony there. And you know what? If you can't do it, then fine. Set up your schedule and really... It would be nice if everybody got Could. to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And it's not just one of those, well, this is what we always did. Well, there's new rules once right, everybody separates. everything's changed now. Right. So, you know, if he gets to celebrate with his family and the kids and she celebrates with her family and the kids, and we try to work that out so we, so everybody gets to, to do as much as possible. And let me ask this. Does it does it happen where it's split down the middle, like maybe the morning part of the day or through oh, the mid-afternoon? That's, that's does the that usual. happen a lot? That yeah. is the So usual. it's not just the year, one year you get them, next year I do. It's more well, of a split. Some people don't even want to, to do that alternating. Yeah, because then you don't get them at all. Particularly if the kids are very young right. and believe in Santa and want to be in their house and so Santa can find them and I I understand that mentality I really do some people alternate other people's have you know sometime on the 24th sometime on the 25th but the child's in the home their primary residence the night of the 24th into the the 25th mm-hmm. and I get that yeah and it's it's nice when the parents can sit down and and enjoy the kids opening their presents that's a nice thing if the two of you are going to fight then then don't don't do that then yeah and if you know that that something's going to the smallest thing could spark that then don't don't put yourself in that position Mm -hmm. if it's the kind of thing where okay fine i'll get the kids at noon or at one o'clock or whatever and then you do your dinner with the kids or maybe you celebrate the night before you know because you have a lot of different ethnic groups here some people celebrate the 24th some celebrate the 25th so that's what i wanted to say on that um secondly there was a major change in the divorce code that went into effect this past monday december 5th and the major change i talked about it 
uh, several bit. months ago, yeah. mm -hmm. but it went into effect this week. And what the major change is, is that the two-year separation type no-fault divorce has been changed to one year. <coughs> now, the effective date for that is December 5th. And what that means is your separation has to be from December 5th, 2016 on. If your separation happened before that, you're under the old act, okay. which was a two-year separation. Did you and have many people rushing to do that or not? I had some people holding off in, in November right. so that that's, they'd file in December. Okay. And that's what I And meant. that was really on my advice because okay. right, uh, you talked about that. that I, I talked about time. that and, mm -hmm. you know, hold off till December. Well, December 5th was the effective date and they look at what's the, what was the start of the separation. Now, I'm not telling people run out and separate now, but for all divorces that are filed after December 5th and for separations that happen after December 5th, you'll be under the one-year statute. Now, the significance of that is that on the issue of divorce, you know, maybe you're, you're not able to resolve the economic issues of who gets what, but on the, the issue of divorce, after the one-year separation, at that point, you could go petition for a master, file your affidavit saying it's been one year, and the other party either has to admit or deny that. So what what they were looking at is divorces are taking too long. So how can we speed this up? We'll change the two year to one year. And no, that's not automatic. I have a lot of clients that say, okay, fine. Well, the time's up and therefore, you know, my, the judge should sign my divorce. Well, that's not going to happen either. It means that the issue of divorce is no longer a contested issue. If the other party agrees, yes, it's been one year uh, of separation. That's not a big bone of contention anymore. You don't need them consenting to the to the issue of divorce. You still have the economics of um, who's getting what right? yeah. and the, the economic settlement. But why would why would anybody not want to allow that after a year? Well, what would be okay. some plausible reasons? some plausible reasons <laughs> right now? A lot of dependent spouses are getting spousal support. Yeah, okay. spousal support is very easy to get during your divorce, mm -hmm. and now that you're perhaps cutting off the time for that and accelerating the divorce, you're going to see a, a lot of uh, a lot of dependent spouses getting less less of a term of spousal support. So, okay. you know, uh, Barbara, I always Barbara. encourage my clients, you know, the dependent spouse, the, the spouse who was not the, the major wage earner, to really get his or her ducks in order and say, okay, fine, how am I going to support myself after uh, this divorce? Right. The other thing is health care, too. A lot of times you're Healthcare on the same is a health, huge issue a anymore. And then you could have to be either find an employer or find a job if you didn't have one, and then or get health coverage on your own. Because right. you don't get it covered after your divorce. Yes. Unless there's some stipulation unless right? there's a stipulation you can't be included in family coverage right. any longer right and I have people that naively think okay fine I'm on his plan at work I'll just continue to be on right. it oh no yeah, the insurance companies story. now will check mm -hmm. and if a divorce was entered and you're trying to still claim under his health insurance as his spouse that's insurance fraud and you yeah. can't do that mm -hmm. so number one you would have to get your own insurance you can pick up his, um, the other spouse's COBRA coverage, which is usually very expensive and more expensive than what you could do in the marketplace or under the current employment system, insurance system. What it's going to be in the next administration, I don't know. But right now, I'm seeing clients 
really being able to get low-cost health insurance like two and three hundred dollars a month now a lot of it's with a high deductible but some of it the they're actually getting some subsidies to help them so i'm seeing people that are helped by that health insurance but you do have to plan that the other one too i think lynn and and i think you would agree barb is people who just don't want the divorce true it strings it out longer you do have have people that will say i i don't just don't want it exactly and Oh, I understand that. I've had clients that didn't want to consent based on religious reasons mm-hmm. and other people that just didn't want the divorce. And it, sometimes it takes a while for them to come to the realization that it's over. It's over. Mm-hmm. And as much as I may want to fight this, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's, that takes a period of time to come to that realization. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it is a, a death of the relationship. Yeah. And, and people go through the same periods of mourning that you do with, with death. Uh-huh. There's a lot of literature on Regardless that, of which side you're on. Yes. You know, whether yes. you're wanted it, if that's the case, or you both do, whatever. It's, it's well, hard. Well, some people, if they... There's there's different camps on that. The, the initiating party, some people are very happy to be getting well, sure, divorced. Sure, but there's still and periods other, of that. Yes. Because I can tell you I, how I felt, and yet there's still times when you can have such sadness around, because you don't get married to get divorced. True, You true. know, so it's if you're someone who tries never to fail, right. and you yes. fail in a marriage, that's mm-hmm. a failure. Yeah. And and I know that. That's you know, a hard I, thing, you know, even if you're the initiating exactly, party. Exactly. It's, it's still, you still grieve what you didn't do. You know, and for your children's sake, if that's the case. Too. Yes. You yes, because so it's, it's, you expected to remain together as right. a family. How about if, Barbara, there's money or income? Does that matter? Because, like, say some windfall is supposed to happen to the other person. Does that not matter because they've already, they're already in the process? Well, it depends on what you mean by windfall. Okay. So if the other person is getting an inheritance afterwards... It's, that's not going to be considered marital property. Mm-hmm. If the other person, um, so say let's income. say they, they, they separate in 15 and they're getting an inheritance in 16, that would be non-marital property anyway. Right. If the person wins the lottery after, um, after you've, you've separated, then, you know, once again, that could be considered for income purposes, for child support, things like right, that. Right. It can be considered for the sake of saying, you know, what's what percentage would be equitable in this person's uh-huh. situation. Maybe it's not a 50-50 division. Maybe it's 55-45. Maybe it's 60-40 because this person just went won the lotto. Right. You know, those kind of things. So it may be relevant. For support purposes where it's not necessarily equitable distribution that you can divide out. Okay. Okay? So. Well, lots of stuff as we could go on and on on this subject. But I'll be back in January. Yeah, so And please, if anyone has questions, yeah. I can't answer questions about cases that I'm involved in, but I, I could answer your questions. And if you send email to lawyer Lynn, and Lynn's email is... It's, uh, send us to the website. So we have, it's Lynn at uh, the Laurie and Lynn Show dot com. Okay. All right, Barbara, your phone number. My phone number is 570-344-7171. Okay, thank Thank you very much. We'll see you next month. Merry Merry Christmas Christmas to you. And we'll see you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. Be safe and please be nice. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.